A quick note before we get started. Did you know we have an email list? Go to hpleadershippodcast.com and enter your email into the form at the bottom left to sign up. Get our PDF on common obstacles and teamwork sent right to your inbox. Subscribers get first listens on new shows and exclusive content. Sign up today, hpleadershippodcast.com. On episode 42 of the High Performance Leadership Podcast, creating passionate teams. I noticed that each one of them, they were hungry to be part of the event at a more strategic level. They wanted ownership. You're listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast, insights and information from world-class leadership experts. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Randy Lane. On today's show, we're talking with Robert Grossman, founder and president of Black Diamond Leadership out of Los Angeles. Robert is a business growth consultant, trainer, facilitator, and coach with decades of experience. We talked to him about many things, but we kept circling back to creating passionate teams, how to build a team you can trust, and how to clearly communicate your vision. Now, here's our talk with Robert. Well, I'm really excited about today's interview. We have uh, Robert Grossman with us on the call today and uh, from Southern California. So thank you, Robert, for agreeing to come on and, and let us interview you today. We appreciate it. Well, I'm very excited to be here, Chip. Yeah. Well, Randy and I, we we line up a lot of different interviews and, and we have some really great ones that, that come on and I'm excited about today's talk. So why don't we start with you telling us about your background, kind of how you got into this industry and kind of bring us up to speed on where you're at right now. Sure. Well, I had my own company for 22 years. And, uh, and, and during that, that time, I was fascinated when I was producing projects for very large consulting companies and very successful companies. And they spoke about leadership and teamwork. And it caught my attention immediately that I wanted to be involved in this industry. And that's really what led me to finding 360 Solutions back in 2007. Wonderful. So 20 plus years in your own business. What what did you do? We worked with very large companies, consulting firms, manufacturers, automotive, and uh, we produced their internal meetings and external meetings. Uh, so we would get involved with the theme and the culture and the outcomes, and then we would help produce the content and the staging and the lighting and the sound, the whole nine yards of those events. What made you you know, kind of rethink your career and decide, I think I want to get into leadership development or consulting or, you know, what made you seek out 360 and, and contact us and go from there? Well, very specifically, I remember being in the ballroom in Las Vegas doing a project for Deloitte and I was in the back of the room making sure everything was running smoothly. And all of a sudden I had this epiphany that I no longer wanted to be in the back of the room. I wanted to be on stage Hmm. and I no longer wanted to be behind the camera. I wanted to be in front of the camera. So that led me to want to find a way to get into this industry. And um, doing some research, I found 360 and realized that if I partnered with 360, I wouldn't have to go through the task of trying to develop my own content and and all that stuff. I could literally join an organization that would teach me how to do it, certify me to do it, and I could get off and running quickly. Yeah, that's great. All right. So everybody that we bring on and we interview it during the podcast, we ask, you know, we kind of have one specific question that we start with. And that question is, you know, have you ever in your background worked for 
an incredibly strong leader, what we call a high-performing leader. And what was that experience like? What were those characteristics? And then, of course, we flip it and we ask the opposite. Have you ever worked for someone who absolutely does not exemplify a high-performing leader and those characteristics? Yeah, I remember when I got my first, uh, first real job as an IBM business partner and I went into interview with my, my manager with an IBM business partner firm, and he looked at me and he said, what are your goals? Where do you want it? Where do you see yourself in five or 10 years? And I looked at him straight in the eyes and I, his name was Dave. I said, Dave, I'm going to be sitting in your chair. <laughs> and he smiled and said, good, call me in Hawaii. And, <laughs> and that's, and that's really, it's not, and, and he was a fantastic leader. In fact, he's now my partner in Black Diamond. What made him a fantastic high performance leader is number one, he believed in all of his salespeople and he was a. He coached when he needed to coach, and and when it was time for us to find time for him to light the fire under our, our seats, he did that as well. But he he enrolled us to to be the best that we could be, to run our territories, and he made sure that that we had whatever we needed to be successful. Well, have you experienced the opposite of that? Too many times, I think. <laughs> yeah, you can leave um, the name names out, I guess. <laughs> exactly. I do remember. Uh, one company that I worked for is a sales position, and uh, man, every day I'd walk in there, and the owner of the company had this just this scowl on his face, and he would yell and scream, and didn't really care about whether we had the resources we needed. He just wanted the results, and he didn't want to train us. He just wanted us to get out there and just sell, 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 sell. Needless to say, I didn't last very long there. Uh, it just wasn't a good environment to be in, and and I think their company spiraled out of control soon thereafter. So when you go in and you start working with an organization and they, they hire you either to do organizational development, leadership development, team development, whatever it is, how do you typically start a project with them? Well, what does it look like? Well, I mean, before we start the project, we, we, take, we, we spend a lot of time understanding what their needs are. Uh, we really want to dive deep and, and get them to uncover the areas that are preventing them from um, really reaching their, their full potential. Uh, once once we're we're engaged, we we want to we want to diagnose what the problem is because we could throw together a leadership program or a team building program, but I think that's kind of like putting a band aid on a on a on a wound or putting better yet a better a better analogy is putting um, you know cream on a on a rash. You know the the the, the cream is going to make the rash go away temporarily, but it's not going to make it go away permanently. And without going through the assessment process and then getting everybody on the same page. Yeah, I think that the leadership and team building work we do thereafter is only going to be temporary. Hmm. So would you say you do more consulting type work or more, you know, leadership development, team development? Is it a combination of both? It's a definite combination of both. And and I'm actually looking at now the way that we do our consulting in the beginning. Um, I had this epiphany the other day that it's not really as much consulting as it is facilitating a process of helping the company uncover what's working and not and not working. So I, I realized that I'm not going to walk in with some plan that they're going to in the big binder they're going to pay a lot of money for and put it on a shelf. I'm going to take them through the process of figuring out what's working and have them develop the strategy afterwards. So there's actually ownership in the process. Mm-hmm. Is there a specific type of organization you work with best, or is it? You know, do you have a specific niche or an industry or? Yeah, most of the work that I did prior in my other business was with professional professional service providers. 
And um, and because of my training at IBM, I tend to fit in there very well. And and I and I have um, that experience, the the credentials, if you will, to walk into a company like that after working with. Deloitte and Ernst and Young and Pete Morrowick and companies like that over the the, the years. Um, I also really enjoy working because of my background in production. Um, I understand the trip, tripping points for many production companies, especially when they're outsourcing an awful lot or outsourcing mm-hmm. a lot of their business. Do you have any examples of, say, a company that you've gone in, you've gone through the assessment process, uncovered needs, and then started working with them, and it it turned into be, you know, kind of one of those highlight type customers. Yeah, we're, we're, we're still working with a, a law firm right now that we went in and did an assessment process with them. And uh, the head lawyer thought that he was a terrific leader and, um, and ended up, he is a good leader. He's a good businessman. He's a great lawyer. But really what he identified, what we identified and what he saw for himself was that he was much more of a micromanager than actually a leader. He was too much in the weeds of his business. He hadn't given his office manager the authority to do what she needed to do, nor did he provide her the training yet to be a really effective office manager. So he was frustrated that that he always needed to be in the office and things weren't getting done on time. But we, once he realized it on his own through us asking a lot of questions, what we would call appreciative inquiry, he all of a sudden saw that his style of leadership needed to improve, that he needed to train his staff. So now we're work, move, move, moving into the leadership training for him and also the more managerial leadership training for his office manager. You know, you bring that up, and I find this a lot in a lot of organizations that I've worked with or people that I interview. They tell me that there's a lot of um, leaders that see themselves differently than the way others see them, that that gap seems to be step one in helping people build high-performing organizations is getting the leaders to identify their blind spots. Would you agree? I would totally agree. And I think that that a lot of leaders collapse leadership and management. They don't see them as two different things. And um, and so they're, they, and their management style can be pretty oppressive. And yet they think that they're leaders. And so they don't see an opportunity to grow in their leadership because they think that they're perfectly great leaders. I think once we're able to show them the difference between management and leadership and where they fall in that scale, even through some of the assessments that we have, then the light goes on. And then they realize that they're not a high performance leader. Um, this great person is a very successful CFO of outsourcing business, but she couldn't grow it. It was she was stuck that she was the one always on site. And um, and she she realized that soon thereafter we started working together that that she had a trust issue. And she also felt that she was the only one that could do it right. Well, we that in that situation, we did some one on one coaching for about three months and got her past that. And now her business has almost tripled Hmm. since we started working together because she's able to hire excellent people to work with her clients. And she's now working on her business and not in her business. So trust being the issue that she had, you helped her kind of work through that and understand why she didn't trust and and the paradigms in which she saw other people and so on and so forth. Exactly. Yes. In terms of, you know, your past experience, we, before this interview, we talked a little bit about some of the teams that you had built and some of the teams that you had worked with. And 
you got pretty animated and excited about the team side of it. So is there any specific stories or anything you can think of in your background where a team was put together and produced incredible results? It was actually after I went through the certification training with you, um, I landed my largest production project ever. In fact, it was probably five times larger than anything I'd ever done before in the past. And I felt like it was more than I could handle. But I really took on the, put the hat on of being a high performance leader. And I went and I hired an incredible team of five people. They were my, my management team, if you will, of this project. What was interesting is they came back to me and said, can we hire our own people to work on our teams? And, and I never had done that before or allowed that before, but I did this time. And so they hired their, their teams. And at one point we had over 50 people working on site once wow. we got on site. So it was, mm. a, it was a big project. But the day before the doors opened, I was walking. I had nothing to do, by the way. Usually I'm running around like with a chicken with his head cut off. And I had nothing to do except work with my client and make sure that people had what they needed to be successful. So at one point, the uh, audio engineer came up to me and said, hey, Grossman, you know, you're not a jerk. And I said, well, his name was Bruce. And he said, Bruce, what do you mean I'm not a jerk? He said, oh, well, most people in your position as producer, you know, you're yelling and screaming when things don't go right. You're demeaning. And, but you're not like that. In fact, we had a problem with the video guys. And, and you brought us together. You reminded us of our goals and outcomes and our shared values for this project. Got us talking and then stepped out of the picture. It was incredible. Well, that led to the second story of this project was in the beginning – uh, there was fireworks and the CEO was supposed to come out of an exploding box on the stage. <laughs> and um, and so the, 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 the box was mechanical, but we had a lot of pyro and the pyro worked perfectly during the dress rehearsal and the technical rehearsal, but it didn't go off during the actual opening of the meeting. Of course. Now, in all, of course, right? Murphy's yeah. Law. <laughs> now, in all honesty, there's only about 30 people in the whole room that knew that it didn't go off, that there was supposed to be pyro. But I was livid. I was so angry. And I just thought, here I go. I step out in the skinny branches and it doesn't work. And so I stayed in the back of the room until his presentation was over. And then I walked back to where I knew my technical director was. And I was ready to rip some stuff. And I walked behind the stage. And there I saw the five leads huddled together. And before I got up to them, one of them turned around and said, Robert, Robert, we have a great idea. I said, what? what, what? Tell me. So we rewrote the whole ending of the show. Okay. We're going to, and they, they wrote this whole ending of blowing up all the boxes and stenciling all the limiting beliefs. And they rewrote a, a speech for him and, and they figured out where they could get one of those little wily e. coyote dynamite plunger things. And, um, and they created this ending. And so when, when um, the meeting went to break and I walked up to the CEO and he said, what the hell happened to my fireworks? <laughs> I said, Bill, you know, it, it happens, but check out what my team has already designed. And we went over the ending and he looked at me and he said, Robert, we couldn't have designed a better ending if we had planned it beforehand. And at the end of that meeting, he turned around and said, you know, to the front of the whole group, this was the absolute best for a meeting we've ever had. Wow. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, and that would be unpredictable if I didn't take on a high-performance leadership style during that project. So if I'm putting myself in your shoes, I would feel very scared about taking on this huge project, hiring people, and then having other people hire people. What did you look for in these five people that you hired, and what do you think made them great leaders, enough for you to trust them to hire 
you know, all these additional people. As I talked to them on the phone, I, I noticed that each one of them, they were hungry to to be part of the event at a more strategic level. They wanted ownership in the in the project. Um, there were some people that I talked to that I didn't feel they had that desire, so I didn't bring them on board. And um, and I remember even at one point uh, during the, our, one of our, our group meetings, um, the creative director, it's pretty funny, he, he was trying to brainstorm and come up with ideas, and at one point he said, you know, we're Americans, not Americans. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't you know, I don't know, Randy. I think that it was just, you know, I was looking for that spark, that that entrepreneurial passion and the entrepreneurial spirit in each one of these guys that they want to do the very best job as possible in the project. And um, it was it was magical. It really was magical. Was it scary having to put all this trust in these people? At, at first it was, um, but I think that it was scarier. The thought of doing it alone was scarier. <laughs> yeah. You know, what was interesting is is the original budget that we got for this project from the client was was not that big. And um, and and the team got together um, and the client didn't know what outcomes they were looking for from this project, which mm. is pretty typical. So we asked those questions and uh, and got what they were really looking for as an outcome. Then my team went to work and created this meeting and we presented it to them and literally they needed to increase our budget by sixfold. Wow. And they did it. They did it. They increased it because they saw the opportunity. So that's when I really knew that everything was going to be great. So what kind of time frame did you have? And from the time they said, we want you to do it to the time you planned it to the time you had to deliver it? about three months yeah which is a little bit short yeah that's that's pretty intense time frame i I would guess yeah yeah the name of your leadership company is black diamond where did that come from i'm a very passionate skier and and the whole concept of black diamond being you know the, the the rare diamond or or better yet it's more that 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 as a skier i always wanted to get better i always wanted to be a better skier and, and even though I can ski double black diamonds and I'm actually a volunteer member of the National Ski Patrol, um, I, I still want to get I still want to improve my skiing every single time I ski. And I think that's what companies need to look at. And I think that's what leaders need to look at is how can we constantly do better? How can we take the next step and become better leaders, better teams, better communicators? How do we improve our emotional intelligence? How do we improve trust in our organizations? I think once you stop looking at how to improve these things, you know, you might as well hang out on the blue diamond, uh, not the blue diamonds, the blue squares <laughs> on the mountain. Um, you know, I think that, that your company will stop growing and you'll stop attracting, you know, really great talent. Yeah. I think it's a good analogy for taking on projects. You have to commit, you have to ride the ski lift up to the black diamond. <laughs> you, you have that in your head. I'm going to try this really hard thing. And then you commit, and once you're going down that hill, you can't stop. You have to finish the task, and it may be really difficult, and you have to navigate all the moguls and stuff, but you'll get through it, right? Yeah, and it's funny. I'll, I love telling stories, and I'll tell you another story. When I was skiing with a buddy of mine up in Mammoth, California, and he took me down this chute that was probably the steepest, narrowest run I've ever skied before, and he's a phenomenal skier, and he just goes down the run, and I jump into the chute, and I'm about 10 feet from the from the top. And I'm looking down this very narrow chute and thinking, what the hell did I do? Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, I'm going <laughs> to climb out of here. And I look up and there's like 10 people looking at me and my ego got the best of me. <laughs> and uh, so I said, I can't go up. Well, I'm just going to try to go, go down. And I came up with a, with a with really 
I, I realized that the way for me to get down this run was really taking one turn at a time. Mm-hmm. I knew where I wanted to go, but I took one turn at a time and uh, I made it down safely. And, um, and that was a life lesson. All sorts of great analogies with skiing and leadership, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. So you were yes. actually a ski patrol guy, right? Uh-huh. I so was. How, how I was. was that? Explain that experience. Well, it was, uh, it was a phenomenal experience. Uh, I worked on the weekends, and I went through all the training, and, um, and immediately was tapped as a leader. So uh, the leadership structure of, uh, of our team was there was a team leader, and then there were hill captains, and I was made a hill captain within two years of being on the patrol. And, um, and within four years, I was made a team leader, or five years maybe, a team leader. Once again, um, high performance came into play, um, where I had three hill captains and I had one room captain, and I let them run their hills the way they wanted to, to run it. But I also insisted that they communicate with each other for schedule planning and whatnot. And once again, I had very little to do. They ran, they ran the, the the weekends for me. I was there to solve problems. And yeah, Randy, the ski patrol experience has been phenomenal. Um, there's nothing like the first run of the morning and the last run of the day. And I'm um, also helping people. I'm very passionate about helping people. And that's a big part about being on ski patrol. Do you have any good stories about helping somebody and like everyone coming together as a team? The outcome wasn't, wasn't great and nothing to do with the team. It was just a very serious accident. But in order to try to rescue this person and get them out safely, um, took a lot of coordination and people stepping up and um, and a lot of communication to get this get this person out, trying to save his life. My role as team leader on that, I had two different roles. Number one, to facilitate that that rescue, but also to communicate back with my team um, about what happened mm-hmm. and um, and to support them. Um, and uh, and then I remember also when that happened, other my my superiors, if you will, they jumped in their cars and drove up. To, to, to be with the, the ski patrollers and, and be part of the process. So Well, you've mentioned two or three times now in, in this interview that as a leader, you don't have a lot to do if you do it right, you know, that, <laughs> that you empower your team and that, that you're there to kind of help fix problems, whatever it might be. So when you look at defining the difference between management and leadership, how would you define the difference between those two? Well, I would say that management is more responsible for the day-to-day activities of what's going on in in the operation. Uh, A manager is holding people to account and uh, making sure that things are being done on time. So they're they're more in the weeds, if you will, where uh, a a leader needs to be able to see the the proverbial forest from the trees, be looking at 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 a broader view. It's not that I had nothing to do during those projects. It's that what I used to do in the past was no longer, I no longer needed to do those things because I wasn't stuck behind the technical desk or my head wasn't buried in a computer or I wasn't you know, running around putting out fires all the time. Uh, my, my job was to, and a leader's job, uh, my, I believe a leader's job is to make sure that, that, they're, that, the, that their team knows where they're going what what the direction is what the mission is and that you know to to develop shared values and then to work with that team to make sure that that they have the resources that they need that there's communication that you know that that when there is a, a breakdown in trust the leader needs to step in and 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 help with that um, if there's a resources that aren't there they need to help with that 
Um, that's the, the leader's job. And I love it in our materials that one of the distinctions we have is lead from the balcony. And, um, and that's, that's really what I believe a high performance leader does. Mm-hmm. I agree. I had a leader once who, one of the things he would say quite often is what is standing in your way to getting what you need to get done, done. And my job is going to be the person to take away the obstacles when I can. There you go. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that too. So what's the future look like for you and Black Diamond Leadership and, and what you're working on? I mean, what, what, what does the next five, 10 years look like? Wow. I am so excited uh, about, about the, the future now um, and, and where, where Black Diamond is, is he- headed. Um, you know, we're, we're working on putting together some mastermind groups right now. Uh, we are looking at doing some leadership academies for, for people. Uh, we're also, um, I'm very involved in a business professional group that I'm meeting other professionals that can refer me into companies. Just yesterday, I had a, a lunch meeting with a, with a company with four, 400 employees. So this is a lot of opportunity. And I, you know, when, when I'm out talking to people, I, what I'm hearing over and over and over again from, from business leaders is that, that they, they don't know how to engage their employees. You know, they have good employees and maybe they don't have good employees, but they, they don't know how to engage them. They don't know how to, they don't, they, they're frustrated. And when we talk, when I talk about the high performance model, they see hope. They, they see a light at the end of the tunnel. They see an opportunity to transform the way they've been doing business. Mm-hmm. And, and that gets them excited. And then that gets me very excited. So I, I see us um, having multiple uh, CEO groups around Southern California, um, having a couple different leadership academies. Um, we've taken the leadership academy and we tweaked some of the content. And now we're calling it a middle management academy because there's a huge uh, gap and the training programs that are out there. And, um, and then of course we, we want to work on our, on our big projects with companies that are, you know, mid-sized companies. That's really my focus right now is mid-sized companies. Yeah. Well, if people that are listening to this want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to, to track you down? Oh, pick up the phone and call me on my cell phone. Okay. And, uh, well, what's your cell? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that number is 818 818- Two three one five two three eight. Okay. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Um, the other way is to go to our website, uh, www.blackdiamondleadership.com, and there's actually an opportunity to, um, to 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 schedule a time to meet with me. Well, Robert, I've known you for quite a while now, and every time I talk to you, I get excited because I see your passion, I see what you're excited about, and what you're working on, and I appreciate you carving out a little bit of time today to be on this podcast with us and share some insights and hopefully we'll have you back on again very soon. I love that very much. You guys do a great job. I think we should uh, plan a high performance leadership ski retreat. Oh, and not a bad idea. You know, (laughs) it's kind of a working workshop around, well, wait, where do you ski? I don't even know. You're in LA. So where, where's the closest place to go skiing? Oh, well, about two hours out of LA is uh, big bear. Uh, Big bear. uh, And that's, that's, I'm on the big bear um, ski patrol. And, um, and then about five hours away is Mammoth Mountain, um, which is uh, where I learned how to ski when I was six years old. Hmm. Excellent. Wonderful. I've never been to either. So let's do it. All right. Let's plan <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, Robert, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks. Great. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks for listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. 
Every little bit helps. Our website is hpleadershippodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hpleadershippodcast. Follow us on Twitter at hpl underscore podcast. And shoot us an email at podcast at 360solutions.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.